pitching for work, writing proposals, sending out proposals that clients just never get back to you on, prospects who see your proposal and immediately say, this is more money than we have budgeted for. To me, these are some of the worst parts of running your own business. What if you could eliminate all of that, get rid of the free proposals and all of the pitching and call it down to a 15-minute phone call where you could make the sale on the call? I have a magical strategy for doing this called lead products, and that's what I want to talk about today. You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. The lead product method is a cornerstone of the no BS agency strategy. And it's something that I talk about all the time. It's the first thing, one of the first things I teach people in the no BS agency mastery program. And I talk about it so much. We've we've all decided that we're just going to go with LPs for short that I'm always surprised when I get an email or a comment on a Facebook post that asks, what's an LP? What's a lead product? I'm like, oh, right. Nobody else knows what I'm talking about except my people. So this episode is for you if you're kind of new to my world and you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say a lead product or an LP. And it's for you if you've been in my world for a while and you're still wondering, but do I have a lead product or how do I make a great lead product? We're going to break it all down right now. I'm going to share with you why I do lead products, what they are, what makes a great lead product, and what makes a lead product not work, why they're so useful, and how you can make one too. But first, I want to start with the origin story of the lead product because it was actually a very organic birth. You see, years ago, at the very beginning of our small design agency, we would show our work to clients in a typical fashion that a lot of newbies do. We would send work via PDF. And, you know, for example, we would send 10 logos in a PDF and ask for clients to email us back their feedback. And we all know how that goes. They have tons of feedback. They want to see 20 more iterations. Even if they like it, they want to see 20 more iterations. So that was in the beginning. Over time, we learned that fewer options was usually better. And Then over time, we started to get a little more savvy about how we should present the work. And one of the things we would do is we started to put into our presentations primer slides showing the clients the inspiration for the logos. And then we started to present this live. And I remember one of the first clients that we did this for and how effective it was. And in order to create those inspiration boards before we would show the work that we were presenting, we would have to go back to the goals for the client. And that's when I started to realize that we were doing, with every client, we were doing more and more work up front to truly understand what the client was looking for, what their tastes were, what their goals were. And I needed all of this information in order to do a good job 
for the work. I need for Steve to do a great job for the work. We needed as much information as possible up front. And it would also inform how we presented the work. So every next client, we would kind of go deeper and deeper into this inquiry in the beginning to really understand what they thought so that we could use that information both to inspire the work and also to present it. Well, at a certain point, I realized that all of this work that we were doing up front was actually incredibly valuable, especially because I saw the aha moments on our clients' faces when we would present the work and we would start by walking them through all the inspiration and we would be telling, like retelling the story that they had told us about what they wanted it to be and what they wanted it to communicate and, you know, their goals for their brand and their business. So at a certain point, I realized... I should do this first and maybe I can sell it for a little bit, like very little money. And so I remember one of the first ones that I did was for $650. It was for a company called Bex NYC. She did like a lingerie that had like kind of an S&M look to it or something. I don't remember, but she needed help with her strategy. And so I did this brand shrink for her for $650. And she loved it. And she didn't end up hiring us. I don't even think I pitched her to hire us. She just liked that brand shrink. And she loved the strategy that she got from it. And it was immensely helpful for her. So I started doing these here and there for people. I wasn't even using it to pitch people. But when I would do the brand shrink and I gave them the write-up, clients started to inevitably say, okay, I love this. What's next? And it was really easy to sell them after the fact. So that's when I, over time, it evolved into this thing where I said, okay, I should do this for everybody because they're so much more interested and willing to hire us for higher priced services when I do this thing first. Because now when I'm pitching them the project afterwards, They see the value in it because and they see me as an expert on it. And so that's where the brand shrink was born. And that's how it became this initial step. And it replaced the proposal because now I knew I could just sell the brand shrink instead of writing a pitch and that the pitch would kind of be folded into the brand shrink. So fast forward to today and for eight years now, I have insisted that every client that works with me has to do a brand shrink first, which means I have this very specific productized service. It has a clear price point. It has a clear outcome. And anybody who wants to work with us on a phone call, I'll if I, if I deem them a fit, I'll say, okay, great. You know, you're a perfect fit. We can absolutely help you with this. The first step is to do our brand shrink. And that means that everybody that works with us buys something from us first. And I get to go through this experience with them and take them through this aha moment and this transformational process where they actually see with their own eyes and their own mind, they actually arrive at the conclusion that their brand and their business needs all of these changes. So that when I say at the end, okay, these are all the changes you need and this is what it costs for us to implement this, they are in a perfect position mentally to say yes. And they're much more comfortable spending higher prices and investing more in their business because they really understand the value in a way that people just can't when they are getting a free proposal. So let's talk about why the free proposal method I think is inferior. It's not that it doesn't have a place. Of course, it has a place, and I'm sure it works for some people really, really well. But in my experience, the free proposal process is a very long-winded kind of wasteful process because 
what often happens is it puts you at a disadvantage with the clients. So a prospect comes to you, they're interested in working with you, and the first thing that's going to happen is you want that business. So now you're doing all of this hustling and free work to try to get the business. You are asking to spend more time with them to understand what they need. Then you're putting in tons of time to make this beautiful proposal. And then once you send it to them, it's out of your hands. They have all the control. They get to decide not only if they hire you or not, but they get to decide if they're even going to get back to you. And the result is that we spend a lot of time trying to get work from these prospects And sometimes we never even hear from them again. And when that happens, all of that time that you spent is completely lost. It's gone, right? You can't get that time back. You spent you spent a couple of hours, maybe it's just a couple of hours, but a couple of hours, you can do a lot of stuff in a couple of hours. You'd spend two or three hours, maybe five or six hours in total pitching this client. And if they don't hire you, that time is gone. You don't have anything to show for it. Now, even if you don't create custom proposals for clients, maybe you just have a templated list of services that you send because you want to save time. I get that. I respect that. But sometimes those aren't very effective either, right? Those are really just a list of prices. And because a client doesn't have a lot of reason to see the value, especially when it's a menu of items, usually they're only going to go with you if you're on the lower end of the price points. So it's not that you can't close clients with you know, a a templated email that says your prices. But usually when that works, it's because you're charging less. If you want to charge more and more, that method is not going to work for you for very long. So the proposal method takes a lot of time. It puts you in this defense mode. You're in a, a defensive position because they have all the control and you have none. I also find that when an a relationship starts in that power dynamic, even if they do hire you, now you're at a disadvantage because you're not really the leader in this relationship. You are the follower. They have decided to crown you the person that they're hiring, and now they're really going to dictate how the project goes. So if you're wondering why your projects always go out of scope and why clients don't get you the content that they need or the photography that they need or they don't get back to you with feedback on the timeline that you laid out for them, You might want to look at your initial process and the process that you go through to actually close the client. Because if you're going through this proposal process where you are in a less powerful position and where the client has all the power, then that relationship is going to continue throughout that process. So that I often find that that is a reason that projects go wildly out of scope because the client is managing it instead of you. Another thing I really don't like about the free proposal process is that, especially if you are writing thoughtful, customized proposals for these clients, you're actually giving them a lot of your intellectual property and often strategic thinking. So for you to take the information a client gives you and write a plan for them in a proposal, not only does it take you time, but it actually brings your expertise to the table. But because they're not paying for it and because you're pitching for work, They don't see it as expertise. They don't value the plan that you've put together for them. They just see it as, well, you're doing a free proposal like everyone does in this industry. So you're doing this work that is high level, but you're not getting any credit for it. In addition, when you're doing free proposals, often you are basing the deliverables in the proposal on what the client is telling you that they need. So if a client comes to you and they say, I want a website, 
you probably ask them what pages they want or how big it needs to be or what kind of functionality it needs to have. And then you take their answers and you put them into the proposal. And that's what you quote. The problem is, and this is another reason why we have so much scope creep in projects after the project has begun. The problem is clients don't always know exactly what they need. They certainly don't always know, for example, what pages a a website should have. This is not their area of expertise. So when you ask a client what they need, they're going to base it on what they think they need. And they may be right in some ways, but they may be really off base, which is why a lot of these projects will go wildly out of scope. Because as you do the project, you both kind of uncover things that should have been in the original plan, or you uncover some problems, or you remember that this other section needs to be there, or you remember that this didn't work, whatever it is. Lots of things can happen, and that's why projects get bigger and bigger, and it gets all awkward when you're trying to figure out how you're going to charge for that stuff. And you usually start charging hourly, and you usually can't charge as much for as many hours as you're actually working, because even if you charge for the extra hours to do the work, you're not necessarily charging for the extra hours of management to figure out what that work is. Either way, none of this is working for you in terms of profitability and freedom. So free proposals are based on what a client says they need, which means they're actually not as accurate as they could be. Those are all the reasons I think free proposals are should be a thing of the past and are not a great effective tool for pitching. Hey guys, I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a little favor. If you are loving this episode, please just take 60 seconds and leave it a review right now. Reviews help other people find us so we can help more people show their businesses who's boss. I thank you in advance for your help. All right, back to the show. Here's what a lead product is. A lead product is a productized, easy to buy initial offering. It is akin to a discovery interview with a strategic brief after. But we do not use the word discovery and we do not use the word strategic brief. Why? Because those are jargon words in our industry that our clients not only don't quite understand what they are, but they have associations with them. And those are not good associations. Most people don't quite understand what strategy is. They don't quite understand what discovery is. And they think that it's like a nice to have things that creative people like to do to charge more money and waste more time. And because of that, it's really hard to charge for strategy. If you've ever tried to sell a strategy brief to somebody or a strategy session, you'll find especially small business owners, but large business owners too, they think it's an extra. They don't understand how critical it is to the mission of the project. So we don't use those words. But that's essentially what a a lead product is. The reason we sell it up front is because it allows us to go deep with the client and figure out what that client needs and wants instead of just relying on what the client thinks they need and want. So instead of the interview being Uh, questions about what they think they need and want, we actually ask bigger questions. We want to understand what their end goal is, what their big problems are. And we want to get the whole picture so that we can then look at the things that they think they need and assess, is that what they need or do they also need X, Y, and Z? And what I find, and I'm sure you've had this experience many times, is that a client says they need one thing, but when you actually assess the whole situation, you learn and figure out that they actually need either something else 
or they need that thing that they thought they needed and they need something else. In order to be successful, what they said they needed was not the whole picture. And the reason this is so effective for us is because it allows us to to preemptively figure out all that stuff that was going to come up in the project in the future anyway. So instead of it coming out, dripping out over time during this project and making a mess of it, we get all of that out on the table in the beginning. That way we can create a plan that is efficient and is a much straighter line to our goal. So that makes the whole project more efficient overall. It also means that we can have the client see that picture and understand why we need all of this stuff instead of if you were to pitch them a bigger project. If I come to you for a five-page website and you write me a proposal for a 10-page website, I'm going to go, no, thank you. I asked you for a five-page website and do you have wax in your ears? You can't hear. And I'm going to feel unheard and like you're trying to upsell me. But if you go through the lead product process, I'm going to see why I need a 10-page website. And not only am I going to understand it, but I'm going to nod along and say, yes, I absolutely need and want that, and I'll pay you to do it. So it's a way to help the client see the value of the bigger project if they need it. The, The purpose of the lead product isn't to create a bigger project. It's just that that's what often happens because clients often think they just need this thing over here when really they need all this stuff. And so the other benefit for us, not only is this now a much more efficient process, but it also means that we can sell a much larger package to clients and that they see the value and will pay for it. So I have spoken to so many small branding agencies who say that when they're talking to clients and pitching clients, they know the client needs the whole thing, but the client doesn't want to go for the whole thing because it feels big. It feels expensive. They really just want to do, can we do this in phases? And they want to kind of dribble in. And, you know, that's less efficient. And also it means that you have to dribble your work, too. Wouldn't it be nice if they would just do the whole project up front? Wouldn't you rather do a $30,000 project in a couple of weeks instead of working with a client over an entire year to do the same project. Imagine just how much more efficient and effective that would be for you and also how much more profitable that would be. It's really hard to get clients to buy into those higher priced, bigger projects when it's just based on a proposal. But when you use the lead product process, it means that they're bought in themselves. You're not convincing them. You're not trying to educate them on the value of doing it like this. You're giving them an experience where they actually understand it themselves. The result is that you get rid of all that wasted time pitching. You get paid up front. When you do this lead product interview and brief, the clients understand why it's valuable and they value it because they paid for it because people value things they pay for more than things they get for free. They see the value of the bigger project. They are interested in buying the bigger project and they'll pay a higher price point for it. All of those are the reasons that the lead product method is the cornerstone first step of the No BS Agency Mastery process. It is something that everybody who comes into our program has to master. And it's so important, in fact, that even though I have a lot of people in my program, I make sure that I read at least everybody's first lead product uh, brief, like their first written brief, um, which sometimes some people write very long briefs. I don't always recommend that, but 
you know, they can be 10 pages long. And I read each each and every single one and I give a video review of it because I think it's so important that the way that you execute this has all of the elements that I teach in order to be effective. Because you can definitely do everything I just said and it won't work at all because you're not hitting all of the most important points in a lead product. I'll give you an example. I had a client last year who was doing lead product after lead product. And she was only charging like $350 for these. And they were incredibly valuable. And she said as much. She said, the clients are all telling me, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I cannot believe that I got all of this value from you. But none of them were upselling. They were all saying, this is so great. You know, like I'm gonna go think about this and we're definitely gonna come back to you. But none of them were actually closing. So I looked at her lead product and I realized it was so kind of obvious to me because I have done this so many times. I said, you are writing them a research paper. You are giving them so much information And I know you're doing that because you want to deliver a lot of value, but the problem is you're fire hosing them with information and they are both grateful because it feels like, wow, I only paid $350 and you're giving me a textbook about my business, but you're also paralyzing them. You're giving them so much information that they feel like I need to spend some time with this information, right? I'm not ready to move forward with you because I have to digest all of this and there seems to be just so much here I can do myself. And the point is not that we want to withhold. It's that we want to give them enough information to get them to see the vision of what's possible for themselves without paralyzing them. Because guess what? Paralyzing them is not actually helping them get to their goal because what they need is the execution in order to make this a reality. And if you paralyze them with too much information, they'll just stay where they are. And that's not going to solve their problem. So exactly how you execute this brief is critical to whether or not clients will all upsell or none of them will. I'll give you another example. There's a lot that goes into how you have this conversation with people. The reason that I also made this lead product in the first place was because I really didn't like selling. And I hated that conversation that you have with prospects where you're talking and you're vibing and they're loving you and you're loving them and they're telling you all the stuff they need. And you're like, yes, I can do all of that. You know, and you're imagining this is a perfect client. And then it gets to the price and then they ask you how much it is. And either you say, well, it depends, which I think is a pretty cop out answer, or you give them some sort of range or some sort of price. And inevitably, I would get to that price point and then it would be too much. Or I would say it depends. And then I would have to go back and think about it. And then when I sent them the price, they would say that's too much. So it was a real bummer. And instead, what this allows us to do is not only do you have a price point uh, already set for this lead product, but it's on your website, right? Most people, when I talk to them, they already know how much the lead product is. So that way, when we talk about it and I can just say, hey, you know, you're a perfect fit. I can definitely help you. My brand shrink, you know, costs this much. And that would be the first step to working with us. And it's not a set, it's not really a hard sell. It's kind of like that would be the first step. So if you're interested in working with us, you know, you can book that or not. And either way is okay. And what I found was that it took all that pressure, that sales pressure off. There was no wheeling and dealing. I wasn't pitching them anything. I was just like, well, I have this thing that can solve that. So you can either buy it or not. It just kind of took the pressure off for me at least. And and that's what I've heard from so many of my students now. They say it's so easy to sell this lead product because 
it, there's no pressure. It's just like, yeah, well, you can buy this or not. Like, right. You you either you either want the ice cream or you don't. I mean, I'm not going to try to convince you to eat the ice cream like you said you wanted ice cream. So here it is. And it just makes it so much easier. And as people I know, creatives particularly hate selling and sales as people who don't like sales. The lead product is the perfect method for you because you don't have to be a salesperson at all. There's nothing slimy or there's no like weird stuff you have to do. You just kind of have it. Like it's almost like when uh when you have to say no to somebody. And I, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I, I heard somebody say, you know, just it's our, our policy is this, right? Oh, it's not me. It's our it's our policy. It just kind of takes the pressure off of you. The lead product's kind of the same way. Oh great. Well our process is this thing and it's this much. So you know, easy, easy. Yes. Anyway, that is the lead product method. It is so magical. I know I developed it, so I shouldn't be tuning my own horn, but it really has changed so many people's businesses, not just in the branding agency, but in all businesses. And it's been doing it for years. And I just love it so much for that. And I really love when somebody embraces it and then tries it and it works. Um, I, I remember this, I mean, early on, I remember when I was first teaching this method and somebody uh, came back to me like a week later after I told him about it. And he said, oh, my goodness, Pia, I just offered it to the f- next two people I spoke to and ended up making uh, $990. He said, I, literally, I I was already doing this for free and now I'm getting $1,000 for it. That was like you know, it's like seven or eight years ago, but it felt so good that I could give somebody just this little piece of information and it would make them a thousand dollars just by changing a couple of things that they were saying. And that's really what the lead product can do. But as you've just heard, it can do so much more. So I hope you're inspired by that. If you aren't on the lead product train, get on it. If you are interested in learning more about how you can do the lead product, it's really just like step one in this whole No BS Agency Mastery process. And we talk about this and more in the No BS Agency Owners Facebook group. Go to Facebook, search No BS Agency Owners. Come join us there. There's a lot more content about lead products in there. There's a whole guide actually in the guide section about what to do, what not to do, like what makes a good lead product. So um, if you're interested in learning more about that, make sure you go join our Facebook group, No BS Agency Owners. And we talk about this in there all the time. And you can always just reach out to me, Pia at NoBSAgencies.com. And let's talk. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more No BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs.